are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got Zach Buchanan of The Athletic on the pod today. He's the beat reporter covering the Arizona Diamondbacks, so we're going to get into a whole bunch of D-backs talk. He's going to give us updates on who he thinks is leading the center field race, who he thinks has the lead on the fifth spot in the rotation, who he thinks the closer is going to be, which outfield prospect he thinks could be the center fielder of the future. We just talk about so much in this pod, so Buckle up because it's going to be a great pod between Zach Buchanan and I. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I read to the most reasonable round. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's jump into that conversation between Zach Buchanan of The Athletic and I. All right, guys, welcome into the pod. The first time on Locked On Diamondbacks, we got Zach Buchanan of The Athletic on. Zach, say what's up to the listeners. Hello, everybody. Yes, Zach's on. We're going to talk a little D-backs today, of course, because what else would we talk about on the Locked On Diamondbacks and Zach I want to first start off with this. It's been an interesting offseason for the D-backs. Not a lot has happened. And coming out of the offseason, there's a lot of question marks surrounding the center field. And we're still going to have a lot of question marks entering the 2021 season. So I want to know, who do you think has a lead on the center field position? What do you think the D-backs are feeling for center field? Is it going to be Ketel Marte out there? Is it going to be Dalton Varsho, Tim LaCastro? What are your thoughts on center field and the outfield for the D-backs? Uh, I think uh, of the three guys you mentioned, it will not be Dalton Varsho. Mm-hmm. I think that they they still view Dalton Varsho as a catcher primarily, um, and it's important to them that he gets a lot of time behind the plate, whether that's in the majors or in the minor leagues. Right now, with the, how the roster is set up, it, it figures to be the minor leagues mm-hmm. because they want to make sure that he continues to develop as a catcher. So his ability to play center fielder is kind of like a bonus. It's not something that they really want him to focus on right now. Um, That's not to say he couldn't wind up out there in some scenarios, but uh, you mentioned two other guys who can do it, who are are maybe better fits. LoCastro is a guy who should get some time in the outfield this year, more than he has in past seasons. Um, But the more I keep looking at the roster, and I I wrote about this today and something that'll come out tomorrow, it, the more it makes sense to me to have Cattell Marte out there most of the time. Cattell mm. uh, is already going to play le- uh, center when they're facing left-handed pitchers, because in that scenario, you got his Drupal Cabrera coming off the bench to play third base. Eduardo Escobar is going to scoot over to second. That's going to move Cattell to center. 
But the more I keep looking at the lineup versus right-handers, I still think Cattell Marte makes the most sense out there because you're going to have uh, kind of the other guys that are in the roster mix right now um, that are left-handed hitters that would be kind of fits to play in that uh, lineup are kind of second base types. They're Josh Rojas and Josh mm-hmm. Van Meter. And and so if if you have Cattell at second base against right-handers, if Dalton Varsho is maybe in triple A so he can catch, who is your left-handed hitting center fielder? There's not a guy on the roster that fits that description. So why not just keep Cattell in center field, let Rojas or Van Meter play second, and then you can really maximize your lineup kind of based on matchups that way. So uh, they haven't said that. I haven't heard that from someone that that is saying, oh, I think Cattell's going to play most of the time in center. But if I'm just reading the tea leaves, it seems to make the most sense. Yeah, and the tea leaves definitely seems like it's going to be a fluid situation with Ketel Marte in his position. And we saw him a couple of years ago, 2018, 2019, play center field for the D-backs, so we know he can do it. But you mentioned Dalton Varsho, and do you think he's going to be in that opening day lineup or on the roster come opening day? I do not. And I think it's primarily because of what we just talked about, that they want him to catch. And right now in the major leagues, you've got Carson Kelly and Steven Vogt. Carson's going to catch a lot. Uh, he's a very important player to them. Steven Vogt is the backup, but like Dalton, he is a left-handed hitter. Uh, now, Steven Vogt, I think, was like one or two starts away like away from not vesting his option. So he this year was going to be an option year that the team could have declined, but he started just enough games that that year became guaranteed. I think if Steven Vogt's option had not become guaranteed, they probably decline it. And then Dalton Varsha was on this team. Um, but right now it's hard to see how you get him the time behind the plate and they want him to get that time behind the plate. They want him to get a lot of regular at bats. And so to me, that kind of spells triple a, which will be a disappointment to our show and a lot of fans who would like to see him. Um, but I would expect he's going to be up in the majors a fair amount, you know, catchers get hurt. Uh, players struggle. There's going to be ways to get Dalton Varsho in the majors this year. Um, just probably not for opening day. Yeah, and as you mentioned with the struggling, I know a lot of D-backs fans in my life want to see Varsho, you know, start the season pretty early. So if a Steven Vogt starts to struggle or maybe a Carson Kelly still looks like the 2020 version of himself, can you see Dalton Varsho maybe getting some more playing time? If he is balling out in AAA, maybe they say, hey, Vogt is kind of struggling right now. Let's put him on the bench. Let's see what we got in a Dalton Varsho. Or maybe it's Carson Kelly who's struggling. Uh, yes, I, I would have a harder time with them really running away from Carson Kelly, but they essentially did that with vote last year when, when Dalton Varsha was up, he, he played a lot less often in the second half because they were out of it. And, you know, what do we have to gain from playing Steven vote? If we're out of it, we should see what these kids can do. So yes, I do think that I think having, um, all three of them on the roster is a little tricky because if Steven vote is not catching and there's no DH, He's not really providing you a, lo- a ton of value. Uh, he's, he's taking up a bench spot without playing a lot of other positions. He can maybe play a little bit of first base. Um, but uh, it's, it's hard to see all three of them on the roster if Varsha was doing most of the catching. Um, if Varsha was playing more outfield, then, then Vogt can catch and, you know, you can fit all three of those guys on there. But we've already established why, they, you know, they'd probably prefer that not to be, you know, how Varsha splits up, you know, where he's playing on the diamond. 
Um, but yeah, I could see, I could see a situation like that. Injury is probably the most obvious way that he's going to get onto the roster. Um, but I don't think that they're in a situation where, you know, a veteran guy who's in the last year of his deal, like vote can just, you know, really struggle for a long period of time before they say, you know what, we got another guy who does what he does. Who's more important to us long-term. Let's, let's bring him up here. Now for Ketel Marte, I don't know. I like him better at second base. I think that's a better long-term option for him than in center field. Do you think the D-backs want to keep Ketel Marte at second base long-term, or do they kind of think of him as a super utility kind of guy that could play both second and center field for the future? I think they think of him as this like incredibly flexible guy who by by virtue of him being a switch hitter and being able to play all these positions makes him super valuable. And we're seeing that right now when we're, we're kind of doing the roster math and allowing Cattell to play center kind of opens up all these other things they can do at second base and in the infield. Um, and if they were a different situation in the outfield, having him play second would maybe open up more things in the outfield. And so I think that every year is going to be a thing where we're wondering, okay, how does the roster math shape out so and where does Cattell make have the biggest benefit for the team when we're looking at this so um I think Cattell would like to play one position probably second base he wants to win a gold glove um but just his ability to do this is is super valuable to the team and we've seen this happen with you know Cody Bellinger plays center he plays right field he plays first base we We've seen this with a lot of other teams. Uh, Kike Hernandez plays all over the field. Um, teams are going to this more often where these guys are, are are very, very versatile, and that opens up a lot of different lineup constructions. And so I think that's just going to be um, the way things go. Now, in, in a perfect world, and the Diamondbacks certainly hope this happens, you have a guy come up who just really establishes himself is like, okay, this is our everyday second baseman and therefore Cattell is a center fielder or this guy is an everyday center fielder and now Cattell is our second baseman. And these both these guys are just playing in one spot. Um, they're not there yet, but they have a lot of young guys coming up and maybe within a year or two, we are there. Zach and I will talk about which outfield prospect could be the center fielder of the future for the D-backs. But first... I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front. If you go to rockauto.com right now, they have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the D-backs, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Berskowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation between Zach Buchanan and I. Yeah, I was going to say, I know the D-backs, like three of their top five prospects are all outfielders. So as you mentioned, do you think any of those guys could be the future center fielder for this D-back squad? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I think there are more future center fielders than there are future second basemen. Um, you know, some of these guys that are vying for Ross spots right now, the guys we talked about, Van Meter, Rojas Young, maybe those guys show out, um, but no, no one really looks at them right now as, oh, that guy is for sure a major league regular. But Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, especially, uh, and maybe Christian Robinson, if he sticks in center, uh, Christian's probably the farthest behind of those guys. Um, those guys are all looked at, you know, potentially everyday center fielders. Um, I would guess that the future center fielder for this team is going to be Corbin Carroll. Mm. Um, it's going to take a couple years to get there. I mean, he's only 19 or 20 years old. I can't remember. Um, so he's really young. Al Thomas will probably reach the majors before him. But uh, yes, the, the future center fielder of this team is is among that group. And so I, I would guess if you're just kind of projecting forward, that would mean Cattell Marte is going to find himself at second base uh, down the road. Yeah, and Corbin Carroll's still only 20 years old, so he definitely has more than enough time under his belt to make it to the majors. But let's switch gears a little bit. And another interesting battle for the D-backs this spring training is who's going to be fifth in their rotation. Their top four spots are pretty much locked up. We got Zach Gallon, of course. He's an absolute tank, the best pitcher on the staff, no question. Madison Bumgarner, he seems pretty locked in, mostly because of that contract. And he's still not that old, only about 31 years old. Uh, Merrill Kelly, he looks like he's going to get one of those spots coming off a pretty good season but of course coming back from surgery and injury and then Luke Weaver I think is probably going to get that fourth spot so who do you think is going to be the fifth spot the the fifth starter for this D-backs team we got some options with uh Corbin Martin you know uh, a former prospect a former top prospect from the Astros we got Caleb Smith who was acquired last year still got Alex Young and Taylor Clark who are always nice spot starters for the D-backs so who do you think is going to be the fifth starter this season I think right now it's shaping up to be Caleb Smith. That's their plan. They haven't been like super secretive about that. Uh, they acquired him as a guy who had been in a rotation for the previous few years. Um, he is a big league starter for them. He has more experience than these other guys. The, the one asterisk there is that he didn't look all that hot his first time out against the Padres. I mean, he really got knocked around. Yeah. I don't think he's so secure that if he really struggles this spring, that he still gets a rotation spot. Um, but I do think that if he, if he's good to mediocre, that's his spot. Uh, it's his to lose essentially. Um, some of those other guys you mentioned now, it's, it's, say for the sake of argument, that Caleb Smith has struggled and he, the team does not feel comfortable putting him out there. Then you start looking at guys like you mentioned young Clark They're you know, they're, they're fine. They can probably get the job done. They're not the most exciting. The most exciting guy is Corbin Martin. He is the jewel of that, that Grinky trade. They've been waiting a year and a half to see him really. Uh, he looks good yesterday uh, against the uh, the Indians out in uh, out in Goodyear. Uh, some scouts had him up to ninety seven, mm. and so he's the guy that scouts look at as like maybe a potential number three starter and, and probably the most upside of those guys. Then after him, you've got guys that have kind of been through the ringer a little bit, and Taylor Widener and John Duplantier. Um, Duplantier, I think, is still a, a very intriguing prospect, but with him, the issue is always, can he, can he stay healthy? He wasn't healthy last year. He missed it with an elbow thing. Yeah, he's had health issues in the past that has affected his stuff. His stuff seems back up right now. He's around 93, 94 today. 
Um, and so that, that's, yeah, I would expect some, all of these guys to get some time in the majors in, in some way or another, but the guy among that group that you look at and say, this is a future rotation piece for sure is Corbin Martin. Yeah. And we've seen Caleb Smith struggle before. I mean, 2019, he led the American league and home runs allowed for the Seattle Mariners. So it starts to get away from him quickly. Maybe we do see a guy like Corbin Martin uh, come in for a spot start or two, but you mentioned health. And I just want to know how is the health of this rotation right now? We know Merrill Kelly's coming off of surgery. Luke Weaver was dealing with some elbow stuff in 2019. And then Madison Bumgarner did miss a little bit of time in 2020 as well. So what's the overall health of the rotation right now? The health is really good. Um, so to kind of take those guys in order, uh, Merrill Kelly had the thoracic outlet surgery. That's that's a, a very serious surgery. Not a lot of guys come back from it normal. Like you look at Matt Harvey as an example, who was never really the same after it. But in his first outing, Merrill Kelly looked really good. His velocity seemed normal. He was, uh, I think he struck out like five guys. I mean, he was looking really sharp. So he's, you know, it's still kind of a wait and see how he gets through the rest of spring, but he's looking good so far. Uh, Luke Weaver looks fine. He's more than a year removed from that injury. He was healthy all of last year, so I don't think that's a concern anymore. And then today, Bumgarner looked great. I mean, he struck out six guys in two innings, just gave up a single. Um, his slider was really working. His velocity was up to 91 after being around 88, 89 last year. So that's a really positive sign for him. So they are in a very good place right now, rotation health-wise. Um, the only major injury they've had so far is obviously Cole Calhoun. That's among their position players. Um, they are they have a decent amount of depth if someone gets hurt. But right now it looks like, you know, those five are going to just walk right into the regular season. Zach and I will get into a discussion about the 2020 season for Madison Bumgarner and Merrill Kelly. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up that conversation with Zach Buchanan and I. Yeah, what were your thoughts after last year, about midway through the season, when you're like, man, Merrill Kelly is easily the second best starter in this rotation, and then Madison Bumgarner was just looking like a shell of himself last year. What were your thoughts just, you know, midway through 2020 when you saw those two juxtaposed together? Well, uh, I was probably raised my eyebrows more at Bumgarner than Merrill Kelly. Um Merrill Kelly is a good pitcher and he was a solid rotation presence for them in 2019 over short spans. We see a lot of pitchers have really good runs and he had a really good run. Um, I don't think most people think he's going to be that guy that's putting together like a low twos, high ones ERA over a full season. Um, I think that he is a big league starter, no doubt. Um, And I, you know, maybe a mid threes ERA, maybe a little better. Um, Maybe something, maybe he has really figured something out, but um, I think he's kind of a rotation steady presence kind of back into the rotation guy, probably. Um, now, Bumgarner, when he was, you know, he just signed this huge five-year, 85 million 
dollar contract when he's throwing 88 87 you're immediately thinking like this is year one of the contract he's going to nice. only get older he's only you know in that first year the contract was you know the contract was backloaded he wasn't making a lot of money last year and so they're going to be using up more payroll space on him going forward so it was pretty alarming but i've since been kind of persuaded that a lot of what was going on with him had to do with kind of the unique circumstances of the last season um the the really quick ramp up after summer camp the long layoff that he had before that um and by the end of the season after he spent some time in the injured list he was looking more like himself and uh, that was a pretty encouraging sign. So uh, they don't need him to be 2012, 2013 Madison Bumgarner. They would love it if he is. He's certainly getting paid closer to that. Yeah. But they need him to be a reliable, uh, steady rotation presence that can then can keep him in a game every time it goes out. He doesn't need to be Zach Gallon. That's what Zach Gallon is there for. But he needs to be that number two or three starter uh, and a guy who would start a playoff game for you. And he looked more like that today. Yeah, what do you think Luke Weaver has to do for the D-backs? Because coming off 2019, yeah, he had some injuries, but he looked good when he was on the mound. But then in 2020, all that shine kind of went away a little bit. He really struggled in 2020. He didn't have one outing where he finished six innings. He couldn't go deep into ball games. So what are your thoughts right now about Luke Weaver entering his third season with the D-backs? Well, the story of Luke Weaver is going to be how good his breaking pitches are. Um, so his fastball is good. His changeup is great. Um, in 2019, his uh, what was then called a cutter and his curveball were good. They were they were swing and miss pitches. So we had four pitches. He had good command. He had good velocity. Um, and then uh, last year, those pitches went away. They weren't good at all. Um, and he acknowledged that. And that those two pitches had always been kind of a project for him. He never had, had a really good feel for it. He's always been tinkering. So he switched them, some things up with both pitches especially with the the cutter which is now more of a slider he wants it to have more depth uh, a bit more sweep to it though whereas the cutter you know kind of darted a little bit at the last minute and he thinks it'll be more of a swing and miss pitch for him whereas the cutter you know he he was people were making contact with it he also wasn't locating it really well he was locating it way off the plate no one really swung at it because it never really looked like a strike to them so it's all going to come down to those two pitches if he's healthy uh, to be how good he is. Now, I, there are a lot of people out there that think that Luke Weaver is is due to come back. You know, there are teams that were interested in him this winter if the Diamondbacks were going to make him available. They didn't make him available, but some teams look at him as kind of a bounce back candidate um, because he's got all these other things that you like. And, you know, it's always just, oh, if he just learns one breaking ball, he's going to be good. And then now they seem to have seen him with a good breaking ball in 2019. And so uh, it's if he can pull that off and get those pitches back, he's, he's going to be, uh, a, you know, he could be one of their best starters again, just like he was two years ago. Yeah, a lot of question marks surrounding this uh, D-backs rotation right now. But as long as we got Zach Allen, I'm going to be a believer, at least uh, in him in this rotation, because that dude is an absolute stud. But one other big question the D-backs have surrounding this team is, who is going to be closing games for them in 2021? Looks like Stefan Crichton probably has the lead on that role right now, but still got Kevin Ginkle in the mix. And they signed two former closers, uh, in the, you know, in the last month in Joaquin Soria, Tyler Clippert. So who do you think is the front runner right now for the closer spot? Actually, I don't think it's Crichton at all. I think that's mm. why Soria is here. Soria closed games last year for the A's. He has a ton of experience doing it. Um, Stefan Crichton was... Uh, put into this role last year 
mostly out of necessity. Everybody else that was in the role um, had kind of failed. You know, they had Archie Bradley in that role at first. He did fine with it, but they traded him and they tried a whole bunch of people after that. Um, the veterans they had on the team last year, uh, Hector Rondon in particular, were really bad. Yeah. Uh, they were not any help at all. Um, and then Crichton got put in that role and he was steady. Um, and there are some scouts that like him, not as a closer, though. It was more like a middle reliever mm-hmm. who, who can be trusted to maybe pick up some outs in the seventh or eighth. And so story, I think, is, is easily going to be the closer. They say it's competition. They're lying. It's you know <laughs> maybe a competition in name, but they're expecting Soria to close. Then you've got Crichton and Clippard in the seventh, eighth somewhere with maybe an opportunity for a young guy like Ginkle or Lopez to get into that mix. But Ginkle or Lopez, as, we, as you kind of mentioned, that they were good in 2019. Ginkle especially. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were bad. Both of them got sent down to the minors at one point. Um, so they need to show out this spring to make the roster. I think the, the organization wants them in the bullpen because it it would mean that they had pitched well this spring. But if they're showing that they're struggling again, still haven't figured it out, this organization is going to look somewhere else to fill out the bullpen. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. And remember, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just Google Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Shout out to Zach Buchanan for hopping on today. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!